Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of the Money Multiplier Podcast. I'm your host, Hannah Kessler, and we ask ourselves, do our dollars make sense? So thanks for tuning in this week, and if you're new, welcome to the podcast show. I'm glad that you're here. So today, we're going to go through and walk through the specifics of the true cost of paying cash for things versus using a whole life insurance policy to buy the things in life. And so we're really going to walk through the true cost, because I say this all the time, Nelson Nash teaches us this too. You finance every single transaction that you buy. You either give up the future earning rights on that cash or you pay interest to another bank or financial institution. So we're going to walk through the black and white of what I mean by there is a cost to paying cash for things. So now, if you are listening to this auditory, I would recommend turning into the YouTube page because on there, I will be posting up graphs and charts as we move through this episode. So for my analyticals, my number nerds out there, y'all are really going to enjoy this episode. So I thought it'd be kind of fun because it is summertime. You know, what if we use the example of using the policy or even our savings account to buy boats? Okay, so you can be like my younger brother. He likes to go fishing. He'd be interested in a bass boat. You could be like my older brother. So he owns a property management company down in South Florida on North Captiva Island. Y'all should go look that up. Actually, that location is pretty cool. It's right off the coast of Sanibel Island. And how you can get to this island is only by a boat or a small airplane. So for instance, Sean, for his business and uh, chartering the people, the cleaning folks or the maintenance people from the mainland to the island, maybe he needs a charter boat, okay? Or you could be like my father, for instance. You maybe like to go offshore fishing and you need a Boston whaler to go do that. I don't know. So I thought it'd be kind of fun. It's summertime. And uh, let's really get into the episode of the different ways of how we can buy boats. Now, real quick, a few announcements before we get into it. A few days away, August 22nd, 6 o'clock Eastern Time, Brent and I are going live for a three-hour live training, and you can join using the link down below in the show notes, or visit our website, themoneymultiplier.com, forward slash events, and you can see all of the live events or the virtual webinars that we're hosting around the country. All right, let's get into it. So in this example, we are going to make believe that this individual, they are putting away 10,000 a year into a savings account. Now, I know you could be thinking to yourself, Hannah, I do so much more than that. Or Hannah, I do so much less than that. I know everybody's different. So I teach y'all that we should be saving at least 10% of our income. So if we're making 100,000 a year, you should be saving at least 10,000 a year. That's 835 a month. That's about 200 and some change each and every week. Are you worth $200 each week? I hope the answer is yes. So we are saving this capital somewhere. Now, in normal traditional sense, 
most people are saving their money, maybe in a qualified plan, a savings account, CD, whatever. We're going to use this example as this individual is saving money inside of their savings account and this savings account is earning them 2%. All right, I'm being very generous on 2%, right? Most savings accounts, checking accounts nowadays, you can receive less than 1%. And I know there are some of those out of the normal savings accounts that are kind of coming out here on the market as we're talking summertime uh, 2023. But normal traditional sense savings accounts, you know, they don't create a lot of money. They don't give us a high yield rate of return each and every year. Matter of fact, today I had to go and meet with my banker because I had to open up a new checking account for my trust. So get this, this was kind of funny. Let me go find the paper, hold on. So as I was opening up the account, you know, signing all the paperwork, doing everything, she says, okay, so here's your checking account. Your checking account will earn, if it's less than a $100,000 balance in there, it's 0.05% is what you'll earn. And if you have over $100,000 in there, you will earn 0.1% interest on that money. Oh, that's really cool, right? So that's up-to-date numbers. As of today, I'm filming this summertime 2023. So savings account down at the bank, as we know, they don't create us a lot of interest, but we keep the money there because it's liquid and that's just what we've been taught, right? Go work for your money. When you produce it, you bring it in, you go and put it down at the local bank because that's just where they keep the money. So here we have our savings account and we are going to be saving 10,000 a year. And what I want to do is I just want to see at the end of the time of a time frame of 20 years, where am I going to be at if I contribute 10,000 a year into this account and it compounds 2% each and every year? So look up on the screen. Here's the graph here. And this is just a compounding interest calculator that I found out there on the web. So y'all can go look up this stuff. But if I do nothing but just contribute 10000 a year to the savings account, at the end of the 20 years, I'll have a balance of 258000 and some change. So 258 should be at the at, at my ending balance at the end of it, at the end of the 20 years. Let's make believe that you are doing this. You are putting away 10,000 a year into that savings account. But in year four, you wanna take out $30,000 because you wanna go buy yourself a boat. So what do you gotta do? You gotta physically withdraw the $30,000 that's out of the account. So in year four, we have a balance of 41, 277, let's just call it 41,000. And so what you're going to do is you're going to withdraw 30,000 to go purchase the boat. Now you went and just paid cash for something. That money, that 30,000 was sitting inside of your pocket earning you interest. And now you just sent it out to the boat people to go buy the boat. So at the end of 20 years, you would think the true cost to purchasing this boat 
would be my total balance at the end of the 20 years, which is 258,000. You would think the difference, if I didn't pay it back, you would think the difference of 258 minus 30, at the end of the, the 20 years, you would have a, a balance, an ending balance of 228,000, right? 258 minus 30 equals 228. Well, no, let's walk through this. This is what I'm talking about when you start to interrupt the compounding on the money. So if I go and I take out the 30,000, I don't put any of that 30,000 back. I just take it out and I just keep trucking along doing my 10,000 contributions each year. Well, at the end of the 20 years, you will have an ending balance of $202,000. So the difference, the 258 minus the 202, that's your true cost to what it really costs you to go out there and buy the boat. It really costs you about $56,000 to go out there and purchase the boat, not $30,000. Hannah, I thought it was $30,000 because I just simply withdrew the $30,000 to go purchase the boat. No, it's because you lost out on the future earning rights of the compounding that that $30,000 could have earned you because you went and you paid cash for the boat. So what really happened is about $26,000 went out the door to lost interest. Because if you take the 56 minus the principal, the 30,000 of the boat purchase, $26,000 is the missing interest that you lost because you went and paid cash for something. It doesn't seem like a lot when you think about it in short, narrow time frames, but when you start to break it out into long periods of time, it's a lot of interest and a lot of leakage of money going out the door to other people. So this is what I'm talking about when there is a cost to your capital. Do not just treat your money as like it's free money. No, no, no. Treat your money just how you treat the bank's money because if you don't, all you're saying is your money is not as valuable as the bank's money and that's not the truth. So now here's the thing. Banking works. Banking never goes away. There are laws and principles to the banking business here that we have. So all we're really looking to do is what? We go out, we produce this wealth, and then what do we want to do? We want to store it safely somewhere. We want to protect it from the government, from loss, from others. Hey, I didn't even incorporate this into my analogy here, but you got to pay taxes on the growth inside of that savings account. Inside of the whole life policy, you don't got to pay tax on the money. That grows tax-free. Not to mention, the whole life policy also has a permanent death benefit. Guaranteed, might I add. Does my bank account earning me 2% have a guaranteed death benefit? No, because it's not an if I die, it's a when I die, pass or graduate. My beneficiaries are going to get paid out that death benefit money. So the thing is, all the laws of principle can participate 
I think that's the right word I want to use, participate in, in any vehicle that you want to use for your banking purposes. You can use a savings account. You can use those stupid IUL contracts. You can use a 401k or an IRA, a self-directed account if you really want to. But really what it is, number one, yes, it's the habits of you becoming your own banker, you being disciplined, paying yourself first. But number two, it's about controlling the environment. Environment. You cannot control the environment in those other vehicles like how you can inside of a whole life insurance contract with a mutually owned insurance company that has been around since the late 1800s, early 1900s. There's just so much freedom and control that comes in those contractually biting contracts that you just can't get on any other vehicle on this planet. So that's the whole reason why we're using a whole life policy. So let's now walk through, all right, we walk through, hey, if I were to just go use one purchase from the savings account, I just went and purchased one boat, where would I be at? Now let's walk through if I use the policy. In my first example here, we're going to do the same thing. We're just going to do one boat purchase. So as you can see here up on the screen, our, our left-hand side, all we got is time. It's year one to five, six to 10, so on and so forth. You got the age of the individual. You got your premium deposit. Notice how I say deposit because this is where the mindset shift starts to happen. When I think of premiums, they are deposits into my policy because as soon as I make that premium deposit in, I immediately have cash value in there now that I can take out and start using. And also these premium deposits, this is an amount that you get to determine of what you want to do. If 10,000 is too easy for you, add a zero, do 100,000. If 10,000 is too large to swallow, shave off a zero, do 1,000 into your policy. I don't care, you determine what you want to put inside of your policy. I started off my first policy when I was 18 years old, 400 bucks a month. That's all I could afford at the time. And that's what I was doing into a regular savings account. So that's just what I started my first policy with. So now in this example, he's going to do 10,000 a year into that policy. So what they're doing, 10,000 is going in as premium deposits. And now in year four, again, I'm going to take out a loan from the policy, 30000 to go purchase the boat. Now, if this is your first time hearing about this concept, I would pause here, go to our website, themoneymultiplier.com forward slash presentation, where I'll get more into the nitty gritties of it. But let's talk about loan versus withdrawal here for a second. I could, you know, I got I got cash value in the policy that I could just take out a full withdrawal from the policy if I wanted to, but I'm not. I'm going to take out a loan, and here's why. When you take out a loan from the policy, you are not interrupting the compounding that's happening inside of your policy. What you're doing is you're putting that policy up for collateral and you're taking a loan from the general funds of the insurance company. So even though I took out my 30,000 to go purchase the boat, my full 30 is still sitting in the policy, growing and compounding as if I never even touched it. 
So that's why I want to take out loans because it doesn't interrupt the compounding. If I start to take out withdrawals, I can. I can take out withdrawals tax-free up to my cost basis if I really wanted to, but then you're physically taking the money out, you're stopping the compounding on those dollars, and you are surrendering a portion of your death benefit. And you just don't want that. I I'm personally doing loans, so that's just what I'm doing in my life. Let me add another note too. I know we're showing in year four to take out a loan to go purchase the boat, but in real life, I would never have you wait till year four to start using the cash inside of your policy. All right, immediately. My definition of immediately is within 30 days. As soon as you make that premium deposit, immediately you got cash inside that policy that you could take out and start using. So just to isolate the boat purchase, we're just doing this in year four. So we take out the 30,000 as a loan from the policy and we go give it to the boat people. They got the money, now I got my boat and everybody walks away. What I'm gonna do now is I'm gonna pay myself back and pay myself back with interest just as if I were to go down to any other bank or financial institution and borrow from them. Do I have to pay myself back? No, let alone with interest. Not at all if I don't want to. A loan on the policy isn't required to be paid back because at the end of it all, any outstanding loans will just get subtracted from my death benefit. So that's why loan money is never required to be paid back. But I know a few of my listeners, y'all know this, and, and you're saying, okay, Hannah, get on with the program and the show now. All right, so let's keep going. So I'm gonna pay myself back over the course of five years, and I'm gonna charge myself 10% interest. So my monthly payment comes out to about like 667 or so. So that comes out to about 7650 a year. And how I got this number, if y'all wanna start doing this in your own life, which you should be, and I encourage you to do so, if you go to bankrate.com, they have loan calculators on there, and that's how I got these figures. I just plugged in my numbers into that loan calculator. So I'm gonna pay myself back 10% interest over the course of five years. So $76.50 a year is going back into my policy as the loan repayment to myself. So at the end of it, over the course of eight years, I put back a total of 38,250. So 30,000 for the principal of the loan, and I put back an extra about 8,000 and some change for the extra interest. So at the end here, I just wanna see what happened. I wanna see what happened if I just used my policy to go out and buy the stupid boat that I was gonna buy anyways. So over the course of the seven years, we put in a total of our premium deposits of $70,000. Also, I paid myself back for the boat and the extra interest that I charged myself, and that comes out to $38,250. So $38,250 plus my $70,000, that means I put in a total of 108,250 inside of this policy. Now, I did take out 30,000 to go purchase the boat. So I gotta subtract 30,000 for my net injection because I used that to purchase my item. 
So my true total net injection is 78,250 inside of this policy. 78,000 inside, right here at the end of year eight, I have a cash value bucket of $82,000 and some change. Here's the thing. I got a cash value bucket of $82,000, plus I got the boat, plus I got this permanent death benefit, $385,000 that's on this policy. In the event I get into a boat accident, my beneficiaries and my family is going to get paid out that three eighty-five dollars in death benefit. How do you like buying boats my way now? Here's something else I added. If you're looking at this on YouTube, you can see right here that I even added a savings account column because I just wanted to see if I did just use my savings account, 2% interest that it incurs, where would I be at at the end of the eight years if I paid cash for the boat? Same thing right here. At the end of eight years, okay, I got my boat. I got $53,000 in cash, but I don't have a death benefit. I got to pay taxes on that $53,000 that's sitting in cash in my bank account. I don't got to pay taxes on the cash sitting inside of my policy. Also, my bank account's not protected. God forbid I piss somebody off and they want to sue me or sue my business. They could come after the money inside of my bank account. Can't come after the money sitting inside of my policies. Do you see the differences here? Now, this is just for one boat. What does Nelson Nash teach us too? The more that you use this vehicle to buy the things that you're going to buy in life anyways, the larger these numbers are going to become. So go back to Nelson Nash's book and go look up the equipment financing chapters where he goes through and he walks us, hey, if I were to use the policy to purchase one truck, two, three, and then four different trucks for his trucking company, where would he be at in the end if he just kept using it for more of the trucks? And he found out that the more that he used the policy to buy four of the trucks versus the one, he had more cash value and more death benefit and more dollars that he could use in the policy that he can live off of during his passive retirement years of life. So go study that chapter. Let's continue on. All right, let's look at my next chart here. I just showed you one boat purchase. We're going to go through life and we're going to want to update the boats, renew, refresh everything. So let's just walk through over the course of 20 years what would happen if I use the policy to buy three boats over the course of these two decades. So let's go back just real quick before we move on to our example from year one to eight just with this one boat purchase. I want you to see what happened from year four to year eight when we went and purchased this boat. Year four to year eight, you have over a $56,000 cash growth with a $48,000 net injection. It's powerful. The uninterrupted compounding that comes from inside the policy and when you really start to respect 
respect your dollar, you will start to notice that it flows and grows to where it's respected. So this is what we're doing. Albert Einstein, right? Compound interest is the eighth wonder of the world. Those who understand it, earn it. And those who don't, pay it. So that's all we're doing. I'm not going to reinvent the wheel. I'm just going to mimic and imitate and follow what the elite and the wealthy are doing. So let's continue on. We paid ourselves back. We're right here to year eight, correct? So we went through, we went through from year one to year eight, and now here we are. Walking into year eight, I fund my policy with my 10,000 premium deposit, and I make my last payments on that boat, and the full principal and interest is paid back on the boat. Let's walk into year nine. Year nine, I make my premium deposit again. Year nine, I take out $50,000 to go purchase that boat. Because now it's a little bit more expensive. I want to go buy something a little bit nicer. So I take out the $50,000 and where does it come from? It comes from the cash value sitting inside of the policy. I take a loan from the policy and I go pay cash for the boat. Now same thing. I'm going to charge myself 10% interest. Now, 10% interest is just what I do in my personal life. That's what the Bank of Hannah charges herself. You don't have to do 10% interest. I mean, you could go with the prime rates of the market. You could not charge yourself interest whatsoever. You could charge yourself 1% interest, right? I mean, the more aggressive you are on the interest that you're paying to yourself, the more money that's just going to come back to your pockets anyways. So sorry that I didn't address that a little bit earlier, but that's how I came to the conclusion of 10% interest because that's me determining what I want to pay back to myself. Because remember, it's all about ownership and control. You are your own banker. You get to set the terms that you want to do for your loans and your purchases. I mean, do I have to pay it back in five years? No, I could drag it out to 10 years if I wanted to. I could pay it back in two years if I wanted to. It's really up to me and what I want to do. So, I take out the 50000 and I go pay cash for the boat. Now I'm going to pay myself back 10% interest over the course of the five years. So each year I'm paying back 12744 a year back to the policy for my principal plus my interest. So over the course of the five years, I would have paid back 63720 back to the policy. So 50000 go into the principal and about thirteen and some change in interest I'm paying back to myself. Now, here I am, year 14. All right, that 50 grand boat was fun. I liked it, but I outgrew it. We're here five years later. I outgrew it. Um, I got a bigger family now, or I want something a little bit nicer, maybe something to take offshores into the Gulf or something. So now I'm looking at a boat that's $80,000. I want to get rid of my other boat. And now I want to purchase my third boat in my life. So what do I do? I take out the 80000 from the cash value that's sitting inside the policy. And then I go and pay cash for the boat. What happens now? We rinse and repeat. I pay myself back and I pay myself back with interest. And now for this one, I'm doing it over the course of seven years. I'm paying myself back. So over the course of the seven years, I put back a total of 142 and some change. So 80,000 went to principal and about 60 and some change went to the interest. 
again, just me being aggressive on my interest, just more interest. I'm paying myself back more money back inside my pockets. So at the end of the 20 years, get this, here's what I got. I got a cash value bucket of $338,000 plus I have three boats sitting in the dock plus I got my permanent guaranteed death benefit on this policy. Let's compare it. Let's do apples to apples comparison because look right here. I kind of did it right here. My savings account earning me 2% interest over my savings account. If I were to do this, I would only be able to have enough to buy two boats. I didn't have enough in my savings account to buy the last boat of the $80,000 boat purchase. I can only buy two boats in this savings account. And at the end of it, I got a cash bucket of $140,000. So here's my question. Option A, you could have your savings account, cash of $140,000 plus two boats. Or option B, you can have cash of $338,000. You could have three boats and you can have a death benefit. Which one do you want? Oh, Hannah, when you break it down like that, the answer is pretty clear and pretty simple. I agree with you, but it's the mindset. It's the mindset of how we've been taught to handle our money that it's hard. It's hard for society and culture to change once we've been so programmed into one way of thinking. Matter of fact, I just had a team meeting this week with my application team, and we are doing a book review over Nelson's book, Becoming Your Own Banker, and we covered the pages 46 and 47. I think this is the perfect time to just bring up a little quote from Nelson's book. Okay, I lied. We did cover the charts. Actually, these are good charts to study as well on 46, 47, but it's pages 48 and 49. Nelson says, it seems a little ridiculous, but my all-American man on page 17 is depositing all of his paycheck in a bank and then writing checks for 34.5% of every dollar to pay interest alone back to someone else's banking system. He will never see that money again. It is gone forever. Why does he behave this way? Because no one has ever explained to him a better way of doing things. Once a pattern of life is learned in a culture, it is utmost impossible to change. His paradigm is fixed, set in concrete. The peer pressure and conventional wisdom is overwhelming, but that doesn't mean that it can't be done. When he builds a banking system through life insurance, makes loans to himself to buy items and pays back to the policy or policies, the same payment he would if he had to make the payment to a banking institution, then he makes what the banking institution would have made off of him. And it is all done on a tax deferred basis. The interest he ha he pays never leaves his account in control. If this is done consistently throughout life, it will make a tremendous difference in his financial picture. I think that one paragraph sums up this whole entire podcast episode, literally. So 
I hope these numbers really helped you see the math of what's going on behind the policies and the magic of the banking. And here's the thing, y'all, this stuff's not magic. All right, yeah, it can be magical, but it's not magic. All this is is just cash flow and numbers and math. And if the math, math, it works. If the math, math, haha. It's kind of like, it's that Gen Z saying, I don't know if y'all are picking this up on TikTok, but they say, the math ain't mathin'. No, I'm just kidding. But, but that, that's what I was thinking of when I just said that last comment. So I want you to see the power and the true cost of what it entails when you pay cash for something and you start interrupting the compounding. This is why we're using the policy uninterrupted compounding interest. I know you hear us say it all the time, but hopefully I really geared it in with this visual charts and number examples for you. Now here's the thing. This, if you're a member of the money multiplier, this is nothing new, all right? So this is a tool and a resource that the money multiplier team, what I call the mapping or the implementation team, they create these tools for every single person in our network, all of our members who have policies with us. So this is just a um, example of using the policy to buy depreciating assets, okay? But here's something else. Let me shoot something else up there on the screen. Right here is a money multiplier um, cash flow analysis. This is also created for all of our members. This cash flow analysis really shows us, okay, if I were to just purchase this policy, keep making my premiums, throwing in the 10,000 a year, and I do not touch this policy. I don't take out any loans. I don't do anything with it. Where would I be at at the end of 20 years? Here's something, Let, let's look at this. So on the guaranteed side of our policy, because remember the difference is we do got two kind of sides to the policy. You got your guaranteed side, which is that contractual guaranteed interest the company has to pay us. Then we have the non-guaranteed side, which is the guaranteed interest plus the projected dividend. So I can't sit here and promise you dividends inside of your policy, but all of the insurance companies that we work with, they have been paying dividends for over 124 consecutive years. So there's a pretty strong chance they'll keep paying out dividends. So on my guaranteed side, I would have a cash value bucket of 217,000. That's what my worst case scenario, uh, what I call the worst thing that can ever happen in the policy. Then on my non-guaranteed side, with my projected dividends, I got a cash bucket of 253. So okay, worst, excuse me, best case scenario, non-guaranteed side incorporating my dividends, I do not use this policy, I got a cash bucket of 253,000. What did I just tell you over here in the boat example? We just went and purchased three boats. And I'm sitting here at the end of the 20 years and I got 338 sitting inside of my policy. That's a difference of over $85,000 
And all you did differently, we're just using this vehicle to buy the boats in life. We're just using this vehicle to take back the ownership and control within our financial life. So check out a few other of my videos. I, I go deeper into weeds on numbers. You know, there's one out there called the truth behind the numbers. Another one called the full lifespan of a policy or something like that, policy life. Um... But I really just want to hone in that it's not about the product, y'all. I know you hear us talk about product, 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 policy design, designing the best policy. What company should I work with? What's the best agency and in person that I should be working with? At the end of the day, you just got to work with somebody that understands this concept, in my opinion, who is also practicing it actively within their life, and then who can show you how to implement this new concept within your financial financial life. Have them create the tools. And this should be a free service to you. So all of my members, y'all don't pay me a single dime for anything. I get paid directly from the insurance company. That's how I keep my lights on and make a living. So I don't charge anything for the mapping and the ongoing support that we have. Because honestly, if I can really show you the importance of privatized banking, you will quickly understand why you never want to stop paying your premiums and then get this hopefully you like me enough you'll start referring your friends your colleagues your family members you'll open up more policies with me and it's just a win-win for everybody so one thing I want to note before I let y'all go inside of this chart here okay in my seven year example when we just do the one boat purchase and this is kind of a similar example if you ever see me live or catch me on a virtual webinar I do kind of the same thing but just with the car so you notice here that we stop paying premiums after year seven and I do that just to isolate the boat purchase in real life though, just like how I explained, you will quickly understand why you never want to stop paying those premiums because of the growth, the compounding, and the capitalization. Rule number one of Nelson Nash, do not, do not, do not be afraid to capitalize your banking system. You all are so gung-ho already to go capitalize other people's banks. Now you just capitalize your banking system, i.e. your policy. So keep sending in your questions to me. Hannah, Spelled the same way as forwards and backwards. Hannah at themoneymultiplier.com. You can send me an email. Subscribe to the YouTube. Rate us five stars on the podcast channel. And um, as, as y'all know too, I got my vlog channel up and running. So if you want to see more of my personal life, you can go to YouTube and search my name, Hannah Kessler, Kessler with one S. And you can see what I'm doing when I'm not talking about banking or touring the road. And two, coming up here, I'm going to be hitting the road. Road. I'm going out in the van so go over to my vlog channel channel and you can see what I'm doing in the van over there so thanks for tuning in I hope this was helpful and until next week I'll catch you then bye now